Hello, everyone, and welcome into Debate Night. I'm Hunter, joined, as always, by Silas in the booth. And Brody's yeah. going to be joining us here in a little bit, Silas. We got no idea, to be honest with you. Yeah, we, he's on a plane somewhere. He's apparently, right? so he's at the preserve getting warmed up, getting ready, all of that. And then he's going to be at Am Worlds, if you haven't seen that announcement. I think they announced Crystal Jawbreaker Dude, Undertakers. Those, those things look sick. I don't understand what that incredible. even is, um, but I'm very excited to hopefully somehow get my hands on one. Um, but yeah, so he's basically flying to Am Worlds. So he's flying from Minnesota to Indiana, but routing through Charlotte somehow. And so he's apparently landing in Charlotte in like five minutes. Uh, and so basically he'll have a long enough layover that he's going to do the show from the Charlotte airport. But we're going to hold down the fort for a little bit. I know people are already talking about the tips and stuff like that from Brody's Twitter Twitter takes. Don't worry. <laughs> we're going to grill him on it. Uh, I, I put it this way when I was talking to Trevor and everyone about it. Brody seems to to type 99% of a tweet, and it all makes sense, and then he just adds one last sentence that makes you go, now, what did you mean by that one? Uh, so we're going to get his, you know, deep inside Brody's mind, somewhere in between his two ear holes, and figure out what was going on, um, and figure out, you know... You never know what's going on. No, you never do, and that's what makes it so exciting. So don't worry, we're going to get there. Brody will hopefully be hopping on in the next 10 to 15 minutes or so, and until then... Uh, we have a few things to go over. First and foremost, we just posted on Instagram and Facebook. If you haven't seen it yet, um, we are have officially announced that we're going to be partnering with some local guys down in Charleston, South Carolina, and they're going to be opening a foundation disc golf retail store in Charleston, South Carolina. So super excited about that. It's going to be opening July 16th. We're, we're all going to be down there. Brody's going to be down there. We're going to have some events going on around it. There's going to be some more people than just us down there. You're not going to miss out a few of these announcements that are coming up. So if you're not following us on Instagram, you're definitely going to want to be. We're going to be posting about that. And also you can follow them at foundation underscore Charleston on Instagram as well. And yeah, we're super excited to be going down there. And I know what you're wondering. We talked about this last week. Silas did do his presentation. I did. He did it on Monday. And... It was, in fact, enough. Silas will be joining us in Charleston for the week. Heck yeah. What are you most excited about, Silas? What am I most excited about? Man, there's a lot of things to be excited <laughs> about. But I just the store opening, I think that's going to be a, a massive, just fun, you know, we, get, we got the crowd out. We got the people coming to the store. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, we, it's going to be a good time. We're all going to be there. It's yeah. going to be a good time. Yeah, it's going to be a great time. We'll try to at least... We'll, we'll announce. Don't worry. We'll announce what we're doing down there. But you can expect some of our usual shenanigans plus some of the uh, some other stuff we have in the works. I don't want to announce it quite yet, but I'm pretty excited about it. I think you will be too. It's something we've never done before, and hopefully it becomes an annual thing. Um, so yeah, July 16th, that's the date down there. If you live anywhere near the area of Charleston, South Carolina, we'd love to have you down there for the grand opening and all the shenanigans going on leading up to it. So... Super excited about that. We also just had a bogey bro battle drop, and in that, we announced some pretty big giveaways. So I'm not going to spoil what those are, but you're going to want to watch that video and be sure to subscribe to our main channel. So yeah, uh, Silas, I got to ask you a question before we get too much into Ask away, man. Twitter, Twitter gave us a few questions that you and I can, can talk about until Brody gets in here. So okay. we'll get into those here in a second. But I walk in, and it looks like you're getting into some stencil dyeing now. Yeah, man. Yeah, it's uh so Trevor put me up to this task. Okay. And that was to stencil out, put put this logo on a disc. And so and so I'm going for it. I I've never tried it. 
This, this is gonna be my first try, but let me just say, Exacto knife skill, it, it takes much more than I would have thought. Really? It, cutting something out with an Exacto knife that is very fine, very I gotta detailed. Show you, I gotta show you a few tips and tricks. I used to do stencil dyeing. That's all I used to do. You did, and I did some detailed ones. Really? And there's there's a few keys. I'll I'll put you onto them with because I mean that's a somewhat detailed design um yeah it's got a lot of like curves yeah but you you can get a little bit more so i will I'll, say the I'll, hardest, I'll walk you through some the hardest some part it. is getting around it's not quite a 90 degree angle mm. but it's like uh it's like a it's like a more than that angle and just trying yeah and just trying to get all the way around that it, it's it's a nightmare uh are you planning on dyeing like just using black dye or are you gonna do your typical like crazy swirls within the stencil i'm gonna try this this is my first one so i'm gonna i'm gonna go black dye for this one nice. and then if this works out connor's got one that he wants me to dye and so i'm gonna do i'm gonna do the swirly yeah swirly for swirls that. in a stencil that's your new thing i, I think yeah I that's think what so. i'm i'm gonna if, if the swirls in the stencil work out i'm gonna have some to die. I also uh little spoiler alert, I'm gonna be on In the Bag. If you haven't watched that podcast, um yeah. it's the show with all business Brad and Robbie C. I'm gonna be on this week because I've officially started my full gyro challenge. I'm going all gyro discs for the next 30 days. And Robbie C helped me build my bag. Robbie C and um and Brad helped me build my bag. So you're definitely gonna check that out a little bit as well. But let's get into some of the stuff that Twitter asked us, Silas. I've got Sweet. it looks like five solid questions and okay. that should lead us to to Brody being here. Yeah, Brody said he's getting off the plane right now. Yeah, so we might only need one or two of these. Um, so let's start with let's start with this one here cuz I'm curious to get your perspective as a newer player and then my perspective as someone who's played for like 7 years now. Okay. Uh, what do you think is more valuable in your bag, a beat-up driver or a beat-up putter slash mid? In your personal bag, there's not really a wrong or right answer. Uh, I really I really like having a beat-up mid or putter just because, I don't know, I there's I feel like there, there's a lot of discs out there in general, mm-hmm. but I feel like just nothing beats my beat-up Innova stud. Mm. And I love that it's a putter. It's a random disc. Yeah, but you the stud don't, stylus. Yeah, don't underestimate. The I would never. Stud, I man. would never. It's been in my. It's been you're in a my stud for throwing the stud since day one. Hey, thank you, man. It's been in my dad. It, it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's been in my bag since day one, and I just love that thing. The way it just flips up and just cruises to the right is yeah. just beautiful. It's a beautiful thing. I gotta. But, I feel like the drivers, it's, you know, a lot of people like the beat up race and the, yeah. the, the beat in destroyers and stuff like that. But I think there's, I while I like the feel of it, I feel like there are a little bit more options in the driver, in the driver realm. But that's probably. I, I think I agree with your answer for a slightly different reason. I think mine yeah. is mainly a, a driver. I think, I guess it's kind of the similar thing. But there's like something about an overstable mid, like a rock or an overstable buzz or something like that, yeah. um, or even a wasp. Oh, you that once you beat you it, like in, the late flip. Yeah, the once you flip. beat it in a beat up mid that was overstable at one point in its life will accomplish a flight that like I just haven't seen out of new discs. Mm. Whereas distance drivers, like if you beat in a destroyer, 
you can find a disc that flies like a beat up destroyer. You know, like there's been some runs yeah. of DD3s previously. There's been some Zeus runs, especially the big Z Zeus and stuff like that. Yeah. And there's some stuff that that flies like a beat up destroyer. Mm-hmm. But uh, a beat up overstable mid, I haven't found anything like it. So I'm going I'm going with the mid slash mid slash putter. I okay. definitely think that's that's the tougher tougher thing to do. It does look like Brody's starting to hop in here. Uh, yeah. So we'll give him another minute or two to to see if he pops up. Sounds and good. you know, this is the perfect time for Brody to hop in with this next question here. Uh are you throwing a better round when it's hot and humid or when it's cold and dry? We're talking they they put in parameters 100 degrees hot and humid or 32 degrees cold and dry. What are you scoring better at? Oh man. See, I hate the heat. I really do. And the humid. He he said hot, hot and specifically and humid. humid too. Yeah, it's both. Man, I I think I got to go cold. I mean, you're just, going, but I, I'm using I'm using my entire chalk bag. Okay. In one round, you know what I'm saying? So Maybe, you're shooting you're shooting a better score when it's cold and dry. I, th- I think so. You you can just layer up. I think layering up, man, just get some hand warmers and 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 send it because I. Yeah, I, I think, think I, I think I'm going hot and humid. Going hot. I think well, mainly because of the the what he put it on. A hundred degrees, it's gonna suck, but I can carry a lot of water. I can get my hand dry, and then yeah. I'll be throwing. I'll be throwing fine. My body's gonna be warm. It's gonna. It'll be okay. I just. I literally just played in a hundred degrees, hot and humid. Now round the second round in that's one day true. when it's a hundred degrees, hot and humid. That's a no go. That's a bad idea. You'll That's end up in a, a dark mental place. Uh, and but and you do have to you do have to hydrate more. Yes, I will say you do have but to be hydrated. Thirty two degrees. Thirty two is it's getting down there enough that it it could be like painful to throw. It's on that it's on that border. That's true. It's like almost like bone bone hurting. If it's thirty two sunny, no wind. Absolutely, yeah. I can play in that all day. But if it's thirty two overcast and there's any wind at all. I'm shooting real bad. That, yeah. We don't even. We won't even have to ask Brody when he hops in. We know he's picking 100 degrees and humid all day. That's not even a question. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think I think we got to go. Got to go hot and humid. There looks like we got Brody from the Charlotte airport. Silas is getting his shot set up, so we'll get into into some of the stuff with the pr- preserve. Uh, what his plans are for Am Worlds, and um, obviously, obviously, some of his Twitter takes here here in a second so we're gonna give silas a few more minutes get this get this thing all set up uh let me just read through some of the comments that are coming in right now just to kill a few times a few minutes here a lot of people are saying putting with cold hands is impossible i i putting is never what bothers me with cold hands driving with cold hands kills me because it like if your hand gets cold enough it'll like rip the skin off your hand and that hurts really bad that doesn't happen when it's hot putting has never been Putting's never been too bad. I mean, if your hand gets to where you can't feel it. Hey, think about blisters though. Heat. Potential. Possibly, sure. I've never I've I've gotten calluses. I haven't exactly gotten like bad blisters from playing in the heat. But in the cold, you you gotta be in some really cold conditions to get where like your hand just can't feel the putter. I've been there. It's been That's like twenty six and like thirty mile an hour winds. Yeah. Then then it sucks. But all right. Oh, is Brody ready? I think so. Brody, can you hear us? I can hear you. Ooh, oh, that's loud. Is. All right. Welcome in, Brody. How's the flight? Uh, not too bad. It's all right. 
You got what, like an hour, hour and a half layover here? Yeah, like an hour basically. All right. And then uh, flight into Evansville or Evansfield, one of one of the two. Have you? I'm not sure exactly. Have you gotten to feel these these Undertakers yet? No. I'm so curious what, what did, Crystal Jawbreaker I, is. I saw him the I saw him a day before I posted that photo, so I haven't really even. I mean, Bob was telling me about him, about that's what he was thinking to do, and I was like, that sounds pretty cool. That sounds sick. I'll probably I'll probably throw them tomorrow and throw up a quick like little review on them or something, um, just on like, Instagram or something, and then. Uh, we have my new putters too. Yeah. So we're doing away, we're doing away with the putters that we ran last year. Um, the main reason for that is just like the variation in colors. Mm. You you only could really do so much with that. So, um, these will, I mean, it's still a roach. You're still gonna have good grip and feel and all that stuff for people that like the plastic, but we're going to be able to get a lot, uh, a lot more variations, a lot more colors, um, with it. So I'm looking forward to seeing what, you know, what they came up with those. So those will be the two discs that we'll have, um, at the, at the meet and greet, uh, for am worlds tomorrow. Nice. Now is the, the new roach, is that similar to the rocket roach slash like fierce plastic blend or is it a new plastic blend? I think that might be a new one as well. I don't know exactly. Did it say on the thing? Well, I mean, it's I still, it's it still said... called it Brody. It's still called it like Brody Swirl Roach. So I didn't know if it was okay. like still going to be like rubber blend, but now it's more swirly, or if it's just going to the like fierce plastic blend. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'll 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 know once I once I see them in person. Nice. Well, sweet. That sounds good. And then you're just doing the meet and greet there, and then piecing back out to the preserve, basically. Yeah, I got. I was able to get nine. I, I played. I played a practice round yesterday. Got nine holes in today, um, and then yeah, I'll, I'll be practicing wherever tomorrow, and then um, I'll fly back in on Thursday afternoon, and hopefully have enough time to get out and get another round in, and then start the tournament on Friday. So, not not an ideal situation, but you know. Going to Amarillo's with something that Discraft's wanted, it's a cool opportunity. So yeah, absolutely, we're making it work. We're making we're making it work this week. Yeah, I got I went to Amarillo's in 2019 in Pennsylvania. We went up there and vended, uh, and it was a great experience. It was a ton of fun. A lot of a uh, lot of people were up there, and yeah, I think you really enjoy it. Um, now back to the preserve a little bit. You got to play the course. What what were your initial thoughts? I saw you giving Kale some shout outs on Instagram for the course designs. I'm taking you liked it. Yeah, no, I think I, the I didn't see, I didn't really watch coverage from last year, like when it was going on. Mm-hmm. So the only the only thing I knew going into it was uh, the first year, I guess it was open, which was two years ago or maybe three years ago, and it looked like a really cool course. But to me, it was like, man, there's not really that much punishment out here. Yeah, you know, you can really just chuck it anywhere and and. Uh, kind of get rewarded uh they definitely have they definitely have changed a lot of things and there's a couple of new holes and um i you know obviously i got to play with ezra and i played with aaron gossage today too and so i got to hear a little bit about like some of the changes and whatnot but like the big one would be like hole seven would probably be 
a hole that you remember where it's a par five with water. It's two fairways and there's water in the middle and pretty much everyone just launched out to the left. I want to say the only person I saw on coverage throw down the right-hand side was Matty O. Mm. Um, but now they've made that whole left side OB. So no, now so force you on the right. everyone, has, everyone has to go to the right. Um, they have a couple really good, like, if you throw it in the water, you just advance to, like, the FPO T-pad. Mm. So it's, like, a real big problem. They moved... Um, I don't know what hole it is, but you probably are familiar with the par three that is like sitting on that brick wall, that yeah. that cool brick wall. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, th- they moved the basket twenty feet from the water, so now it's a lot of people are going to throw short in the water, probably there, or you go long, and now you have, you have a, a terrifying thirty putt. footer. Yeah. So I think they they the the changes that I've seen and I've heard from they did really good. I don't know if the grass if if Kale grew the grass out longer, but throwing in the tall grass is a massive disadvantage. It's not hazard. Um, some holes it might be ob, but a lot of times it's not hazard or anything. But like if you have like a four hundred foot shot and you're in that tall grass, good luck because. It's not fun. There's a couple bunkers too that are in good spots too as well. Where like if you're in these bunkers, I like it. I I, I like it a lot. Now, obviously, can you score out there? Yeah. I mean, it's it's not going to be a tournament where you know ten under par is going to win it. Um, but I think I think it's going to give you know. I don't think hole seven will be eagleable. Eighteen, like eighteen, I had. Three, I played three different shots and had um, an eagle putt inside the circle for all three shots. So that hole, that hole is pretty eagleable. And then the other par five is not eagleable. So there will be some, there will be some fireworks there coming in on coming in. The first couple holes are really tough too. So I don't know. I really like it. I think too, it's 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 really professionally done as well. Like. Nice. They've done a great job with making the tee pads look good, having like red mulch around the baskets, which on a golf course just make them stand out so much more. And it, it's it's a cool look. Um, so I, I think at aesthetically and and how the course is set up, I think I think it's going to be an awesome tournament. So this one's cool. Yeah, yeah. I was curious because I I remember having a conversation, and I tried going back because I know it was on Grip Lock, and I'm pretty sure you were a part of it two years ago or about two years easy. ago. Yeah. About this is yeah. one of the courses that sparked the, um, like the, some of the clips that went viral of is this golf too easy and stuff like that. A lot of it was from the preserve in particular. We have a clip. It's one of our most viewed clips on the channel and the thumbnail. I distinctly remember the screenshot of all the birdies was from the preserve that year. Uh, I don't think a we were no talking bogey, about yeah. it. Yeah. I don't think we were talking about it in the clip specifically because that was with you paul and trevor and we were just talking about par in general i don't think we were talking about the preserve that exact time but i distinctly remember that screenshot taking it of the preserve so that's why i was curious Mm -hmm. some of the changes and stuff like that because obviously something changed up uh within within the two years so that's pretty awesome and then we also had a good question from twitter about the course uh they said the location is on a former golf course but it doesn't get talked about as a quote-unquote golf course style what is the difference so when you're playing it out there, well, what's the difference? 
Yeah, well, they have a couple holes, which I, I love these holes where, and we can get into a little bit on course design of where, again, like, I think we should be throwing to fairways like this. So, you know, if the tee pad's down here, we're throwing to fairways like this, not mm-hmm. fairways like this. Yeah. Of where you're just throwing it straight down. They have a couple holes like that. And then hole seven, specifically the par five I was talking about, that one's really cool too because the tee pad's here. And instead of the fairway being here, the fairway's like offset mm-hmm. and like a little, a little angled. So you're still having to kind of throw onto something where it's not, it's not like a comfortable just straight down shot. I like that. I like that a lot. And um, what was your question? Well, just like the, they basically were saying it's on a former golf course, but it doesn't get talked oh. about as a golf course style course. Yeah. Well, I think I think they've done a good job of, you know, mixing in some wooded holes as well. Like when I'm on that course, I don't really feel like I'm on a golf course yeah. either. That's what I was going to say. There's, That's how it comes definitely- across. There's definitely a couple holes where I'm like, okay, this is where the tee pads were. This is where the greens were. Uh, but I think that style of course, too, is one where like there were a lot of trees and um, lakes and all those type of things to where it didn't feel like as open as some of the other courses, golf courses. And I think, too, just the fact of like it hasn't been a golf course for a very long time. Yeah. So like the fair the fairways have kind of grown in the rough is just now like fluffy thing so it's it's like when you look at it you can be you can look at it and be like oh yeah there might have been a golf course here 15 years ago but it hasn't been kept up so I think that kind of makes it where you know playing on a golf course even a course like like Mulligans for example for Worlds. Like that wasn't a good course at all. Like as far as golf goes, like that wasn't a we- a really well kept course. Mm-hmm. But even but even at its standards, you can still tell you're on a golf course. And then also like that, that's not a course with trees. There's no trees anywhere. Yeah. So you're literally playing holes where there's you know fairway and a little bit of rough and sand traps and water. And so it really does feel like when you're playing disc golf, it really does feel like you're playing on a golf course. But this one is way more out in the trees, in, in the wilderness. And so it, it does have more of a disc golf feel to it than a golf course. And that's, and that's where I think, too, like if, if disc golf courses are trying to get more like or, or more interested on the golf course, I think those are the courses that they should look for. They're ones that have lots of trees that they can incorporate. Even, even the Portland Open, for example – like, yeah, they had beautiful trees and such, but there wasn't really, like, any woods, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Like, yeah. there's still, like, those trees were, like, specifically placed there, or um, you could tell that there's a there gap. And out here, there's, it's like, you know, some holes remind me kind of a Waco, where it's like, if you get off the fairway, you're just in, in the woods. Yeah. Um, and so, there are golf courses like that, and I think those are probably the ones that you could probably put a good disc golf course on versus a course like Mulligans at Worlds where there's no trees out there at all, and all you're dealing with is a little bit of the rough, the bunkers, the water, and the greens. Yeah, so. it sounds... It's, the preserve sounds similar to a course we just played. It, it was at a North Cove in Marion, North Carolina, and it's a similar situation. It's an old golf course. And I think what I noticed when I was out there that made it 
not feel like a golf course was like what you were saying that it hasn't been a golf course in a long time. So the maintenance, the maintenance that was there was just for disc golf. So like the fairways had grown in to where like you couldn't tell where the fairway was and the rough was previously. So it was almost to a certain extent, kind of like you were just in a field and like throwing across and then they just utilize the property versus utilizing the fairways. So a lot of times you were throwing probably what would have been across yeah. two or three different holes and through gaps and woods and over rivers and stuff like that to where it just, it made a very solid disc golf course. And then they did use like old bunkers and stuff to protect the greens and make the pretty much every approach shot. You had to think more than, Oh, I'm just throwing a basic hyzer here. And a lot of that was the old golf course design that allowed them to do that. And they just got creative with putting, you know, basket locations so that it wasn't just straightforward. But I think that's a big difference is I think, it's not the maintenance isn't at that golf course level. So you're not seeing, well, oh, we're in the middle of a fairway right now. I, I think it, it boils down to like um, the preserve is a course where the fairways are cut for disc golf and not for golf. Like, exactly, I think that's yeah. the big difference is when we, you know, the Portland Open, for example, we were not playing down the fairway. Like our holes were playing across fairways and that's where like you start being like, well, this doesn't really make sense. But the preserve, like when you step onto hole three, for example, like the fairway is cut for the disc golf hole. Yeah. And, and you can barely, you really see like, okay, from here to the, the basket 400 feet away, that's the fair. That's the fairway. And I think that's the big difference is you're on a course that is being maintained for disc golf and for the disc golf holes and not the other way around where they're maintaining it for golf and then you have disc golf on that same course. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So pretty excited. We did have your caddy actually tweeted us and ask what he needed to do as a caddy to help you help you win and perform your best. So do you have any tips of like things in the past that your caddies have done that have been like, yeah, I loved a caddy when, when this caddy did this, or is it just like get out there and see what the vibes like? Yeah, no, I think it's, I mean, obviously when the caddy situation, you know, a lot of times it's just super useful and helpful to have someone carry your bag yeah. for, for, for the entire round. Um, especially when the weather's bad, whether it's meaning bad in the sense of like, it's really hot or it's, you know, rainy conditions, like having a caddy, I think is super beneficial. Um, and so at the, at the base level, just like being able to have someone to help is super helpful. Now it is definitely a vibe situation where I've had some caddies where, um, we click and, and we're, you know, walking down fairways and I'm asking him about his, his life and family and, you know, what he does on the weekends and stuff like that. Um, there's been others where it's been more of just kind of about the disc golf. And then there's been others where, um, they've almost been able to like help me talk through shots. Mm. Right. Mm -hmm. So uh, for me, how I do it is like, and, and I tell everyone too, when we start off, like, Hey, we're just out here to have a good time. There's no pressure. And I kind of just feel it out. And if it's someone that I'm comfortable with being like, Hey, I'm thinking about throwing like a forehand hyzer through here, but like the backhand's also an option. Like, what are your thoughts? Like, it's kind of just like, 
just play off of me. So they're kind of, I always try to put it in an easier position for them. Yeah. So it's like, it's one of those of where it's, you know, if I start talking to you about a shot, then that's like, that gives you the opening to kind of let, let me know what you think versus, you know, I'm shooting and I shoot it at 275. And then you are like, yeah, I think this is, you know, I think this is what you should do here. So I, I it's, it's worked out really, really well so far. Um, and you know, a lot of them I've had conversations where it's like next year, dude, if you're still interested, love to have you back out there. Nice. Um, and, and the guy that caddied for me at DDO is going to be catting for me at worlds. Sweet. And I did pretty good. I did pretty good there. So that'll be fun. Um, and then my cousin who caddied for me out in Las Vegas, uh, he might come to Idlewild or there might be a later tournament. And then my buddy that's come to a couple events, Chris, when he can come out, he'll caddy and stuff. So it's, it's worked out pretty good. Nice. Nice. All right. We gotta, we gotta get into Twitter here. We got, uh, it seems like every week you just send out a, a new tweet that gets people riled up and then we get to have something to talk about. Uh, so, it's, it's nuts too. Cause a lot of times, a lot of times like I'll just, I'll tweet something and not think anything of it. And then all of a sudden you just get what, what it really boils down to. I think a lot of times is you, you have a couple of these people that already have these, uh, preconceptions. Yeah. Is that the word of who you are? And so if a Twitter, if a tweet or something somehow comes along their feed then they basically twist it to fit their kind of agenda, I guess you can say. And then they blast it out. And then a lot of people just see that. Yeah. And don't actually don't actually go. Well, first off, they either even if they do go and look at what I initially wrote, you already are go coming with it from it's kind of like, you know, if you go see a movie with all your buddies and stuff and you like really like the movie and you get out. If you initially like were like, guys, that movie was sick. If you say that, like that's your general genuine thoughts. But if you get out of the movie and then everyone was just like, oh my God, that movie sucked. A lot of times you'll just be like, yeah, the movie wasn't that good. Yeah, what? Like you kind of like go with the flow. And I think Twitter, that is a platform that, that probably happens a lot where there is a lot of dogpiling. And so if you're already against someone or don't like someone and someone says something, then you already just jump on that and you're like, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because initially what I said, and if you, if you want to read the tweet, so everyone yeah, I've got that it hasn't up. seen it yet. Yeah. Go ahead and read it. So everyone can hear All it. Right. So this is what you tweeted. These iPad tipping machines have gotten a bit out of control. I'd way rather tip the pilot that got me to my destination safely than someone making me a smoothie. Yeah. So, when I tweeted that, I honestly was just like, so I was just laughing at something in the background. I don't know. I, I don't know what's, I, what's got Silas cracked up, but he is rolling back there. What, what are you saying, Silas? Talk. Let's, let's hear <laughs> yeah, You just, Hunter just sounds like a freaking ghost in the background because it's like repeating. I think like, that was, was like, like repeating. I think that was like something Brody's at headphones. Charlotte. I think that was like an announcer at Charlotte. Oh, oh. Oh, no. Yeah. There was some, they're doing announcements here. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> I, I was like, Hunter's got some like encrypted voice like <laughs> thing on him. I don't know. Anyway, uh, no, they were talking. 
They're talking about some sort of gate. I'm like in a little cove. There's not that many gates back here. So I was trying to find a good spot. But yeah, so I tweeted that on uh, when I was getting off the flight in Minneapolis. Mm. And um, because the reason why I tweeted it was a rare occasion now. This happened a lot more in the past, but now it's very, very rare. The, the pilots will sometimes come out of the cockpit and will like kind of send you off yeah if you will as you're getting off and they're like you know and they're all in their you know pilots whatever outfits and stuff and you're like oh thank you so much you know because a lot of times you just you do that to the flight attendants and the the pilots are in the cockpit and you don't really get to say, see them or whatever and it made me think because and, and this was something that i think was also brought up i don't think the ipad tipping machines have hit other cities like they've hit dallas mm. and this this was brought up in the twitter space that we did which was a really good point it's the it, i kind of equated it to like bird and lime those uh yeah, scooters. those scooters like when those weren't in your city and people were talking about them you're like i don't really know what you guys are talking about like because you would hear people be like dude this is out of control they're all over the place people are just chucking them places and you'd be like why are people complaining about this and then once it came to your city you're like, oh my gosh, this is a problem. Like these things are just all over the place, and uh, I think that's probably very similar to this. Of where I don't know if this iPad tipping machine program that they have is like based out of Dallas, and so like all these companies are having it. But like, I was talking to a couple people that were from Dallas, and they were agreeing in the sense that it is everywhere, and so it might not be as crazy of a thing for some, but. I think twi- this is too where like Twitter sometimes it's really easy and like I said if you have this like already this idea of who I am as a person you can because I mean gosh go through the replies and just see how pissed off people were yeah, with people, that like people were ticked yeah and some people were trying to make it political and all this stuff and and then and Always. then p- people like t- for no reason people like took that t- people took that tweet to basically be basically make it like basically implied that tweet implied that i don't tip and i don't think you should tip when in fact it's like and i can see how the problem too was like smoothie like a smoothie can be made at like a coffee shop and a lot of times like local coffee shops and stuff like people tip at your barista and stuff i was talking about like a tropical smoothie where you have you have a high schooler making your drink that's making 13 dollars an hour they're not they're not they're not like they're hoping that they get tips so they can like provide for their family or pay their rent. And I feel like it was very equivalent to like me working at Subway when I worked at Subway. I was making, I mean, this was, gosh, I'm a freaking dinosaur, but this was <laughs> a while ago to where I feel like I, I remember like getting boosted from like 825 to like 850 an hour. Right. And it's like I wasn't working on tips though. Like yeah. I was. I was completely fine with going in, working my six hours, making eight fifty an hour, and going home. We didn't even um, at one of the locations they actually didn't allow for like a tip jar or anything like that back in the day, um, because we were on campus. So they're like, "No, you're not even allowed to have anything to where people could potentially tip if they wanted to." That's how I view like this the smoothie thing is like it's the same kind of situation, and I think also people were like again it's just one of those things where you post a tweet and then people just go off 
you know, because I had people being like, oh, yeah, you would be the one that wanted to tip a, a, a pilot that is making six figures and not tip the person that's struggling. And it's like, okay, my, my point wasn't like how much they're making. My point was someone's making you a smoothie and someone you put your, your life in their hands for four hours or three and a half hours. In my mind, it's like I probably would rather tip in that situation. I would probably tip the pilot that like, oh, thank you so much for getting me here safely. I, I appreciate the service kind of thing versus the person that is making a smoothie where I'm paying for like, I'm already paying the smoothie. Yeah. And, and the company should be paying the person to make me the smoothie. And that's how that business works. Yeah, that should be factored in um, the smoothie cost. Like I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure Silas would probably not be too happy if we we're like, "Hey Silas, we're just gonna let you know, like when you're when you're running the store, we're actually only gonna pay you three dollars an hour, but we're gonna have a tip jar out there." Yeah, and you and, get that's all yours, and man. You get all the yeah. tips. You get all the tips. You Silas, let's try tips. that tomorrow. No, let's not. <laughs> let's not. <laughs> like that would be great for me and you, right? Like yeah. we 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 don't have to pay Silas barely anything to to work the store, and it's all in Silas to get his tips. But it's like there's certain there's certain jobs like and this is where it's like it got crazy because I don't think people realize that like I'm from a single parent like I'm from like my mom worked three different jobs, one of which was being a waiter. Um, And yes, tips were super, super important for us to have food on the table. And um, for that, I from a very young age will always tip really well waiters and waitresses. When they do a good job, obviously, Um, because I think also that is a problem of where it's like if you're just always tipping like the same for the same for bad service, good service, whatever, then like what the heck are you doing? So like if someone does go above and beyond and like makes my experience a lot better, then obviously they get a way bigger tip. But like I basically have a, a, a pretty high baseline for just like if you just bring me the bring me my food, make sure my water is like not like empty for that long, and you pretty much just get a baseline tip. And it's like I've worked in the service industry as well. All the jobs I worked out in the service industry though weren't like tip jobs though, right? So I uh, I I talked about one story of where. I used to, I, uh, my, one of my mom's friends was like, Hey, I know someone that owns a floral shop and they need help on Valentine's day for drivers. And they're like, we'll pay you this much and you get to keep all the tips. And I was like, Oh my God, this is sick. And I think I was like a junior or something like that. Junior, senior in high school. I thought it was sick. I got one person to tip me. It was like the third or fourth order that I realized that I'm literally getting flowers to people like at work and stuff that are getting surprised. And like the last thing on their minds, like, Oh my God, I need to tip the guy that just gave me these flowers. They're like, Oh my, you know, they're freaking out and so excited and crying and all that stuff. So like I've done a lot of jobs. Valet would probably be the one job that I did where tipping was super crucial. Mm Mm-hmm. And and that job sucked because we pulled our tips. So uh, we would have five we would have five valets there and you know, I'm I'm new on the job. I'm in my third month or something, so I don't really have much seniority. And it's like a quarter mile to have to run in Gainesville ninety degree or ninety degree, hundred and twenty percent humidity, a quarter mile up a hill to get these cars. And you know, you would you would basically 
when you dropped the car off, you would run back, right? And when you had to go get a car, you ran out there and then drove the car there. And there would definitely be times where, like, someone's like, hey, I'm here to pick up my car. So it's like you sprint out there to get the car and you drive the car back. And then they give you, like, a five and you put it in the pool tip. And there's, like, four people, three people working. And someone else comes to be like, hey, I, I need my car. And you're like looking around and they're all just standing there like this. And you're like, <laughs> you're like, okay, I guess I'm going again. And so like that, that situation, I'm sure there's a lot of people that can relate to kind of some jobs like that of where um, it, it did suck because like the people that didn't work that hard or whatever, you ended up all getting kind of the same tips at the end. But yeah, it's crazy. Twitter's a crazy space. And I'll say this and then I'll let I'll I'll hear from you guys on what your thoughts are on the whole thing. There's a reason why when people like come after me, I guess you can say on Twitter, there's a reason why I say, Hey, let's jump on our Twitter space or hey, come on our podcast and talk to us. Because a lot of things on Twitter can be taken the wrong way, clearly, because that tweet, people just were like spinning it however they wanted to. And I think it's a lot easier to have a conversation with someone either face to face or like just over voice chat to get your point across. And like, they can literally ask you right after you say something, they can literally ask you a question like, well, what do you mean by that? And you can, you can clarify. And then there's not so much miscommunication. Um, because yeah, definitely when I posted that tweet, I was not thinking like, Oh man, I'm going to get a whole bunch of people that all of a sudden think, that oh let's just add it to the list this is another reason why brody is a scumbag and it's like okay fair enough yeah yeah I, okay so i think the tweet was like very close to being just no no one batted an eye so i think your first sentence ipad tipping machines got a bit out of control i don't think anyone would have disagreed sure there might be some cities but i mean we're in lynchburg and it's reached us so where like you go in Subway, you go in, you go in Zaxby's, Starbucks, oh, yeah. you go yeah, wherever. I'll, yeah, I'll I'll say I'll I'll tell that story in a minute. Yeah, you go wherever and you're you're they're looking at you asking for a tip, and it's like that's I've never the weird tipped, thing. Yeah, I've never tipped here before. I'm just thing, picking up a my to go order. What am I tipping? Well, the the weirdest thing too is when you haven't even gotten your food yet, yeah. and they want you to tip. I'm like, well, what if what if my food is trash? But also, like, who's like, if you're at Zaxby's, for instance, there's 15 people working. Who am I tipping? <laughs> like, one dude fried my chicken, one dude fried my <laughs> French fries, one person rang me up, and I got my own drink. Yeah, like, there's no way everybody's getting a portion. Of so it. if I put, a, if I threw a five in the tip jar, is everyone getting 25 cent? Like, where where does that go? You know what I mean? Versus the waiter or waitress that actually served us. That makes perfect sense. It goes sense. straight to that person. Because you know who's not getting Well, it tipped. goes also it goes it goes to the bus boy too a little bit and it goes to the hostess. But it doesn't go to the to chef, tip. right? The chefs do not get tipped yeah, out. Yeah, no, so they're the, the one who cooked the, the food. Boy and, so like in yeah, a, the if you're at a fast food restaurant, you're basically the only person you're interacting with is the chef, more or less. Yeah, basically. And that's someone yeah. who doesn't like they're getting paid to do their job and they're doing their well, job. But like valets, yeah, that exactly. makes perfect sense. Uh, like pretty much serve like I, someone who washes your car. It's you pull a service. Up. I yeah. feel like there's a difference. There's an well, opportunity to go above and beyond, and a just normal job. Well, I think also the other thing too that's that's a big one for me is when they're doing something by themselves. Mm. So like outside, so like if you are, for example, um, 
we hired someone to come over and mount our TVs. Yeah. We didn't, he, he didn't work for Best Buy. He didn't work for like a company. Like it was his own company. So in that scenario, like that's a situation where it's like, yeah, I, I, I don't mind tipping that person because it's like, I know it goes straight to them. And like, that's like the, no one else is paying them. Yeah. Right. Like it's, like he's paying himself basically by, uh, what he's charging us. I think that's huge too of like, I'm definitely more inclined for stuff that like a smoothie, for example, like I might leave a tip for a dude on a beach. Like if I'm at some sort of beach or something and he has his little hut and he's making smoothies and he's got a tip jar, I'm definitely more inclined to leave a tip for that guy than I am to leave a tip at someone for tropical smoothie. Yeah. Now I think the that's, where I think that's a, I think that's a big difference. I think where you threw everyone off though is you picked a pilot and someone making you a smoothie, which are both well, roles that you just like in general don't tip. So I think that's where the tweet because I, I get the explanation of what you're saying. You just got off a plane. No, all of no, that. a lot of people no people are saying they tip every single time someone makes them a drink, which then that might be just out which of guilt. Then I, which like that, I saw a really good. That's just I saw a, a really trip. good. Ca- no, but I saw a really good counter argument to this. I never thought about that. They're like, oh, so you tip the flight attendants when they make you a drink on the on your flights? And I was like, ooh, that's a good one. Because I've never, and someone, literally someone was like, yes, I do. And I was like, okay, There's you're no lying. Way. I've never, no what, you, you I've never seen with any, you And you're just slipping them a vibe when I've, they pour your Diet Coke? I've never seen anyone. I mean, I could, I could maybe see like if you got like an alcoholic drink, right? And it was like $12 or something. And you just gave him fifteen, and you just like keep the change. Like I can maybe see that, but there's no way the free drink you're tipping a flight attendant to pour you a free. And diet I would be coke. curious if they could even accept it. I'd be very. I'm curious. pretty sure they can. I'm pretty sure they can accept. Uh, but then I feel like sometimes they've almost gone to no cash, and they've only done credit card for alcohol. I want to say I don't know. It's been a really long time. I don't even know if they serve alcohol. There's. It's been. It's been a really long time since I've seen anyone pay for alcohol on a flight. Yeah. I don't even know if they still do. It. I don't even I don't know, know if they still do it after COVID or whatever. But I don't know. But, but I think uh, I think that's yeah. where your tweet the, fell apart. Because like if you would have well the like the the, the first part, was, I think everyone would have been like, yeah, they've gotten out of control. Because like even I went to get ice cream just up the road at Rookies, and they they have the sandwich. They already have the two cookies, and they have the the ice cream bin. They're all being paid to be there, and then you know you pay for your ice cream sandwich. And it's an expectation when you're paying for your ice cream sandwich, when you're paying for your smoothie, when you're buying discs at our site, when you're doing whatever, the labor's factored into what you just paid. So like yeah. I paid for that sam- ice cream sandwich. I paid, you know, my tip's kind of in there because like that should be factored in. If you can't pay a livable wage or minimum wage or whatever job it is off of your pricing on your ice cream sandwich, you got to raise your ice cream sandwich pricing. But then they spin it around and it's like 15, it's like 15, 20, 25 other for the tip. And you're like, well, I literally, like, before I can even type, tap whatever option, the ice cream sandwich is already in my hand because it, it, you, didn't, you didn't have to do anything. It's right under the counter. You just grab it for me. And so it's like, what, what am I tipping? Like, you didn't, you didn't turn the ice cream. You're like, what, what am I tipping for? That's where I think it's gotten out of control. Is it's like infiltrated. Like, for instance, on Shopify, what we run our site through, we could add a tip option to our site. So, like, imagine you check out a foundation's site, and then it's like, would you like to leave a tip? Who's a tip for? We don't know. We don't know. You packed your order. Like, who are we tipping? But like, you can you can add it anywhere because it's easy. At the end of the day, a lot of it, I think, is it's an easy way for 
you know, Subway or whoever to be like, hey, we can just mark up this order 20%. And just like, hey, no, you don't get tips. We're, we're paying you 14, 15 an hour. At Starbucks, we're paying you 18 an hour. You don't get tips. So yeah, if you want to, if you want to throw a, you know, if you want to, add 20% then that just goes to our bottom line. Starbucks is a good one because you know how they have those like um, they have those decision. I don't mind that. I don't mind that. They have those decision. I wonder though if that tip is going to the worker or to the company. I would certainly hope so. I think that's a whole different thing. I think someone said it's illegal. I think someone said it's illegal for it to go to the company but then I also saw people saying that they never saw those tips. I think it depends on how much you make. I think there, there's different laws. There's definitely different people. laws. Uh, but yeah, I saw the tip I saw jars. People say that. The tip jars, I don't mind because they're always there. There's no pressure. There's no expectation. Correct. The the iPad yeah. tip, that's a whole different thing. Because then they're like breathing down your around. neck. You have to go through the screen like, to get to the receipt option yeah. of I want no receipt. So you have to tap it and the, they're watching you. Oh, it's a yeah. lot different than no, there's a the, tip jar and iPad, you got a really good service. You throw a tip in there if you want. That's a whole different experience. The iPad one's the worst when they flip it to you. So oh, they're yeah. like, because like they're checking you out on the iPad and they get to that part and they flip it to you and they stare at you. And you're like, <laughs> you're like, well, wait, what? Okay. Now I'm all, I am, and, I'm and, all for that also, awkwardness. I'm, well, I was just going to say too, like some people are like, well, dude, you like you have the ability of tipping everyone. Like you should just tip everyone. I'm like, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Like, what, what does that mean? Like, I don't know that, that you you don't just go around handing everyone you see money. Like, that's just not how. Yeah. First off, first off, too. Like, this is the other thing that I want to say. I I do want to come after these people because. The people that are like, oh, you're not tipping this person that made your smoothie? Like, wow, like that would really help out their life. It's like, we all know that person is probably going to use that to go watch them a movie or like go like, they're, that's not going to, they're not putting that in their bank account to like try to help them go to college. Some like, might, that, that, but, but the vast majority, like, a very, a very few would. And, and that's, I mean, that's beside the point. That's not, that's not like the, like, I, I don't, if I'm at Waffle House on Christmas Eve, I'm not asking the person that's waiting on me, like, hey, if I tip you $100, are you going to put this to a good cause? Like, I'm not, <laughs> that's, that's, that's beside the point. I just was getting fired up because, like, most people go to a trouble smoothie. Most people working at trouble smoothie are high schoolers. And it's like, we all knew, like, whatever money we made in high school, we spent it. So whether we made $100 that week or $200 that week, we just spent it on stuff. And, um, yeah, I thought that was a funny take when someone was like, you're going to change this person's life. That $1 or $2 could change that person's life. And it's like, that's not the same as a waiter that like, that's their career. Like they're going home to a family and they like, that's a way different scenario. Well, the waiter's than, also uh, only making high, like $3 dollars an hour. Well, yeah, they also need that money. Yeah. Like that's, that's factored in. But, uh, I was going to say I'm all for the iPad awkward situation for waiters and waitresses to like, cause why, like it makes it awkward to not tip at a, like a gas station or somewhere where they flip it around and stare at you. But then it's like, if you're a scumbag and you want to just not tip at a restaurant, then it's, it's pretty easy. Cause they just walk away and leave you with the, the, you know, receipt and a pen. So like, if you want to do yeah. this, not or leave they a have tip the kiosk, 
Yeah. But I went to, I think it was East Coast Wings the other day. and No, it wasn't East Coast Wings. Where were we? I took Liz to dinner somewhere. And it was, uh, it was like an iPad they brought out to pay. Yeah. And you handed them the car. They swiped it in front of you. And then they just turned with the tip options. And I was like, A, made my math way easier. I can see my options in front of me. I don't have to sit there and do basic math. Yeah. B, I was like, this is great. Because then, like, you got to be a scumbag to the person's face if you don't want to tip in that scenario. Yeah. To, like, a waiter or waitress. That one, you know, I'm all for the awkward awkwardness there. Yeah, yeah, it's it's unfortunate too because obviously different cultures tipping is like not even prevalent. So it's like I've definitely have seen. um, We went to one of Kelsey's favorite restaurants, but it was in a different. It wasn't our normal one that we go to in Dallas. It was in a different one, uh, different city, which is doesn't really matter. But um, there was maybe a six or uh, six or seven top. And this was not like, this is not your like $5 plate or $10 plate. This is like a $25 a plate kind of situation. So their tab was probably close to 200 or so. And you're probably expecting like 40 bucks, 50 bucks probably on that tab as a waiter. And I think they tipped zero. And it was just because from where they were, like what country they were from, like mm. tipping is not a thing. And I do think, I do think people come over and don't realize, either don't realize or don't care, um, because I have seen that a lot of times from different cultures of where they is, they don't tip because they don't do it from where they're from. So when they come over here, they're like, "Well, I'm not tipping either." Um, so that that happens too. But all right, enough with the tipping. Silas, did you get the? Did you get the? The tweet or the text I tweeted you? What the text I texted you? Yeah, the, what, the what, is the, what is that about? Can you can you, can you pull that up? Are, um, are you able to show that to people watching? Is that possible? Can you somehow do that? Yeah, yeah. Just see, give me a second. See if you can pull it up. Hunter, have you seen this? No, I have no idea what I'm about to see. Did you text it to me oh or my text to Silas? No, I sent it to Silas. See if Silas can pull it up so you can see it too. All right. Well, if he puts it on the stream, I'll be able to see it. I got it. I got uh, the thing. You want, me to put, you want me to put this video on? Yeah. What the heck? Okay. Have people see it so I can explain. I can explain what it is. All right. I'll just show. You only need. To, you only need to show it a couple seconds. Uh, what gate am I at? When's your flight board? I, I need to start probably walking over there. I say you got. You don't have too much more time, right? I can, I can start walking over there. Where am I going? Evansville. Someone, someone said you're asking Silas to actually produce. Let's hold on here a second. As ruthless. Oh, I did see this video. I did see this video. Let me say something. This was spur of the moment. That was spur of the moment. Kelsey actually sent this to uh, the foundation account. Okay. So I did. I did see. Yeah. So, okay. So this is. It's not up yet. Let me know when you play it. I'll let you know when Silas puts it up. Okay. I'm. uh, I'm looking at what gate I'm need to go to here. What gate am I going to here? All right, Silas. Silas is throwing it up now. Okay. Let me know when it's done. It's on the screen and it's starting to play. Nice job, Silas. Look at this. That was efficient, Crushing Silas. it, dude. Pretty quick. Doesn't seem like there's audio. No, there's, That's there's fine. no audio. Sorry. That's fine. You, you don't need you audio. You can see what's going on. If for our audio listeners, the there's basically a car on fire at a disc golf course, and a bunch of disc golfers are sprinting over, and it looks like dragging yeah, up, man? a man out of the car. That's literally on fire. 
Okay. All right. So, the video's yeah, over. So size. Okay, size. Okay. So this course is is in for all my all the people listening in from Dallas. This is uh, BB Owen. Yeah. Um, it was one of the. I want to say it might have been the first time. If you go back and watch one of Kelsey's first times, play, like first time actually like playing disc golf on camera, it was at this course. And when we were playing, a freaking car tire flew off. A I car. remember that. It's in a video. Yeah. And it's literally flying down the the disc golf course, probably going like fifty miles an hour. It ends up like hitting a tree. And like launches like thirty feet in the air, and we're like, "Oh my god!" If that would have like, if that tire would have hit someone, they're dead. Like that's that's decapitating someone. That same course, someone drove a car onto the disc golf course and slammed it into a tree. Car, obviously, you guys, as you, the people that have watched it, obviously now see like caught on fire. Yeah, and like disc golfers like were the first responders. Ran over and, and saved this person, pulled him out of a burning car. And it's like BB Owen in Dallas is known for kind of like, ah, be careful if you go out. It's kind of like, it's kind of like Lynchburg's uh, Sandusky, if you will. Yeah. So uh, um, stuff happens, let's just say, down there. But yeah, that, I mean, it's a crazy, that's a crazy thing. And it, like, I guess it made news and stuff in the Dallas area. Oh, I'm sure. So. Shout out. I, don't, I don't know who the I don't know who the disc golfers were, uh, but shout out to them for quickly responding and, and making sure everyone was safe. Yeah, it's pretty incredible. That was that was wild, absolutely wild. Yeah. If, you're, if you're listening on audio, I'm sure if you uh, Google it, you'll be able to find it. Um, it's it's been posted around on Instagram, and I'm sure it's made its way over to, to Reddit and Facebook and stuff. So you should be able to find that video. It's a pretty pretty intense, pretty wild video. So it's, it's crazy that yeah. it's the same course that the the car tire was at. I did not realize that when, yeah, when I saw same it. exact course. Yeah, that's what that's what makes this story even crazier. That is because I've literally been in that field. That is wild. All right, do we want to try to take a few viewer comments, or what are we looking at? Time yeah, let's do, here, let's do let's do some let's do some comments because we probably well, I mean, here's the thing: we we all we already know all the comments are probably going to be positive. They're probably just gonna be like nice little questions because I literally try to have a conversation with all these people on Twitter. That first off, this one person, this is the craziest. I'll I'll leave it at this. This is the craziest thing is when people just all of a sudden like have this idea of like I've been on this planet for 34 years. I've only been disc golfing for like two and a half. Yeah. So so for people to be like. I know everything about this dude. I know exactly how he was raised. Someone, someone, someone told me that I was, uh, I was uh, raised with a silver spoon, <laughs> and I was like, "What?" I was like, "Sir, excuse me." Um, so yeah, like the, I think to me, I'm always because like Kelsey always tells me like, "Hey, you need to like chill out, like don't listen to these people, or whatever." And, Obviously, I've been on social media and doing this for 10 years. So, like, the way I react to things now, like, before, I used to, like, if someone would say something, like, it would, it would, like, bother me for a while. And, like, now I think it's, if anything, I think it's actually just kind of 
entertaining to really actually try to get like an idea of what these people actually think. Yeah. Because they don't know what they think. like the, cause the person that says like, Hey, you, you had a silver spoon your whole life. I want to be like, Hey, jump on, jump on our podcast. And let's talk. Cause I want to be like, all right, what are your facts? Let's hear it. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, well, you, I bet you were someone that freaking had like a Lexus to school and blah, blah. Be like, Nope. Didn't have a car until my junior year. It was a 96 Honda. Didn't have AC. It was the family car. Get wrecked. And then someone's well, and here's the other thing I'm going to say. Because I'm sure someone's probably out there being like, well, I didn't even have a car. So you definitely were better off than I was. Where, where, has, where has our society gone to where, like, everyone's just like, oh, you think you had it hard? I had it way harder. Yeah. Like, why are we, why are we judging each other? Like, Yes. Did some people have easier childhoods than others? Sure. But like, we shouldn't be like judging these people and saying like that they're worse people because they had it better off than they did. And that's the other thing too, is like, I've had some people that, yeah, maybe they did have pretty crappy childhoods and like had to go through some things similar to me. And it's like, why can't we just both empathize with each other? And be nice to one another, and not have it be a competition of like, oh, you 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 only had to go through two divorces. I had to go through three divorces. <laughs> so you know, you know nothing. Like what? Like going through one divorce sucks. Yeah. So like, why are we, why are we even like having these competitions? No, of like who has who's, who's had harder. But that, I'm just gonna say that is like I'm always going to, no matter who, no matter how many times I have to do it. If someone attacks my character or or my family or friends or anything like that, I'm always going to stick up for them. So yeah, that will that won't be that won't be changing. But go ahead, let's get some questions. Well, I always, as as Silas looks for some questions, I always summarize basically what you were just saying. Like basically, like uh, we've talked about this topic a few different times, but like if I have a sprained ankle, I'm obviously in pain. I have a sprained ankle, but then Silas walks in and his shin is fractured. Silas has a worse injury than me, 100%. But my ankle still hurts. So just because Silas, yeah. Silas has yeah. a broken shin, it doesn't all of a sudden make my ankle not hurt. And so like, yeah, there's different experiences and Silas is in more pain than me, 100%. But that doesn't yeah. mean that I'm not in pain. And like, that's basically the be. same thing of, of you know, different, different lives and different things like that. It's like, just because one experience was technically worse than another, that doesn't mean the one person didn't go through something or isn't in pain. To be honest, though, in that scenario, if that actually happened and, like, you were complaining about oh, your ankle, yeah, <laughs> I would literally tell you, Hunter, look at Silas over there. He's manning up. He, his leg is falling off of his, his – his bones are falling <laughs> off of his body. It'd be like in the, uh, from you. In, in the office when Michael has a burned foot and Dwight has a concussion and he tries sticking his foot oh, yes. in, the, in the CT scan. <laughs> That's that yes. scenario. But Michael's foot yes. still hurt is all I'm saying. All right? <laughs> Oh, All right, what we got, man. Silas? All right, uh, Brody. Uh, it looks like you've you've got a person that wants to come on and talk about how you were raised because uh, Aaron Dale, Aaron Dale, uh, said that he's offered to come on and talk about this multiple times now. So we might have to get him on here. I don't know who on the podcast. Yeah. Does he not have he's Twitter? Call, he's calling you out. I don't know. Man. He says he's offered to come on multiple times. I'm assuming he's talking about tweet the tipping thing. No, he but was there's also. He was talking about like it was when you were how you were raised. 
right. It's also a really weird thing to call someone out on. It's like I'm calling you out on on being on being a spoiled uh, child. (laughs) (laughs) I'm calling you out on having a having a house to live in as a kid. That's I want to battle you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, sure. Uh, No, we can. Maybe, maybe. uh, I don't. Yeah, sure. Just, I mean, I don't know what I don't know what his like what in the his, future. Tweet tweet at Brody or his, something. Wh- yeah, okay, what is he his, said? He I said guess, I will. I saw the Twitter thread after the spaces was already done. I know, but I don't know what he like. Oh, what does he want to say? Like, here we go. I have no interest in how you were raised. More about this situation on Twitter. So the tipping. Thing. So he must be he must be against you on on the tipping thing. Okay, he he's someone that thinks everyone should get tipped. Apparently. That's what it sounds like. Uh, Next one we got from Nicholas. What do you think will be the winning score at the preserve? What do you think? Oh, gosh. I don't know. Probably like 20. See, the thing is, it's so so weather dependent. That course is going to get shredded if if the wind is down. If the wind is up, then it's going to play tough. So it just depends on what the weather is. What's the weather current? What's where is it at in Minnesota? Uh, it's it's pretty much like in Clearwater. It's been pretty windy the last couple of days. I don't know if it'll stay that way, but it's been pretty windy and like also wind direction. Like we played whole set. I mean, I'm just saying whole seven because that's like one of the more difficult, I guess, holes on the course. We played that hole. Um, into the wind one day and then we played it as a tailwind the other day and tailwind easy birdie into the wind very difficult birdie yeah it looks probably like, still gonna get a par but it looks like right now you're looking at 13 13 mile an hour winds on friday 14 mile an hour on saturday 17 mile an hour on sunday but isolated or scattered thunderstorms on friday and saturday so weather weather could definitely be a factor yeah. of this event yeah, so I think I think it's definitely gonna I definitely think it's gonna play harder. I mean they made they made several holes harder than last year. I don't know what holes they took out, but I do know like the new holes are ho- harder. Like the new holes that they did make are difficult. So uh Brody, question for you. Yeah. Qu- question from Kelsey. She commented earlier. Uh she said, uh, do you miss the Charlotte airport? Uh, I just walked 20 minutes. To, I just walked 20 minutes to get to my uh, my gate. We only fly American, so unfortunately, a lot of times when you fly into Charlotte, they put you in like some random, random uh, like A or something, and you got to walk always to E. So travel problems. I got my steps in today. There you go. The Cinnabon was closed too, so I'm a little upset with that. Hmm. I saw someone call me out. You might have missed it, Silas. I had the chat pulled up where they, they thought that my rating was inflated. Oh, I did see and that. I think I'm actually a 920 rated player. I think that's funny. <laughs> What's I your rating? Right now? Yeah. It's somewhere in the 970s, around there. Really? The highest it was ever was like 980 <laughs> something. And Silas, Silas, I told I told this to Hunter. You might get a kick out of this. I, uh, I played I played in two minis back in Dallas and um one of the guys that's actually in the easy three group was like, Hey man, I, like 
he's like, hey, are you going to, like, take the money? And I'm like, yeah, what? Of course <laughs> Why I'm going to take you? the money. Yeah. What? <laughs> um, yeah, I'm definitely taking the money. And I was thinking about it, too. I was like, how do I know? How do I know? How do I know that there isn't someone that was in the field that's one of those guys on Twitter? And I'm sure Hunter and Trevor get this all the time of where it's like, dude, if you put, if I played you on my home course, I would freaking smack you up. You suck. It's like one of those people, I might be playing against one of those people. Of course I'm going to take the money. <laughs> so, yeah. I actually, I, yeah, I, I, I would, uh, I mean, obviously, I think the bogey bro battle situation is probably. I don't know. We'll see how you guys do in the in the next couple ones because I feel like that's your that's your real like claim to fame of like we're going and playing on a course that you want to play us on, and we play it blind. So we need you and see what we do. Yeah, we yeah, but yeah, but we kind of need you guys to win more. We're undefeated. I don't know what you're talking about. So <laughs> no, we we. I mean, I'm not gonna spoil the day's bogey row battle by any means. But, like, a, we get a lot of teams' best. So, like, the Booger Rattle that came out today, we played pretty great. You guys are That Alabama. team played pretty great. And so, I mean, it is what it is. I mean, I, I feel like there's only been one or two battles that we've left in the however many we've done at this point that the people we played slash the people that came out to watch us didn't tell us after that we were a lot better in person than they thought we were going to be. Because I think that I just think through the guys- camera, it doesn't... Because even we've had people come out and play Falling Creek, and they they'll be like, "Wow, okay, I thought this was just like a little pitch and putt. Like it's still an easy course, but I think just on camera courses just don't come across. No, not at all. And so like when you play on camera, they you don't exactly know how good someone is or how bad they might be until you see them against someone that you've like played with or on a course you've played or something like that. Yeah. Well, Brody, I no, remember. That's, that's true. I remember like seeing you throw, and then you coming here, and then seeing you throw in person, and I was like, "What the heck? This guy is so much better." You know what I'm saying? Like, it, it's just like a different. It just looks so different. <laughs> what you are in? A, you're in a chaotic place right now. It sounds like. Me? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what do you mean, you? We're not in Charlotte Airport. We're sitting in the office. We're not in a chaotic place. <laughs> Well, just, I mean, there's a lot of happenings going on. Slices. Hunter, will the bogey now, ever come to uh, Tulsa? Possibly. I think next year we're gonna we're gonna definitely make a, a bigger tour. Uh, the rest of this year we've got um, another one you in South Carolina, Florida, you need, Massachusetts. You need to tour more around the the pro tour schedule. Is what you need to do. That's just so you long. Need to plan it out, and it's it's tough to know. You mean it's we so gotta, long? Well, because next year, I think what we're going to try to do is just go on like a two or three week actual tour. Like just knock them all out. Just be on the road once and then be home. Because like right now, pretty much once a month, we're gone for a weekend. And so then it's yeah, that's tough probably the to, best way of doing it. Because if, we if we went out of town for two weeks, two or three weeks around like March or April, then yeah, when June or July rolled around and we hadn't been out of town for months, it's going to be pretty easy to be like, yeah, let's go out of town and go to a pro tour for two or three days. But when we're going out of town like every one weekend out of every single month, sometimes possibly two weekends in a month, then it gets tough when it's like, man, to, to turn right back around and then go to a pro tour and then turn right back around after that and go to another bogey bro battle. It gets to be a lot more, a lot more traveling versus if we just knocked it all out at the beginning of the year just were gone for like two weeks at once, 
then I think we, we'd be able to get some more stuff done. So yeah, that makes sense. I think that's the plan, but we definitely, I mean, I'd love to get to another pro tour event. It's just, we're getting, we're getting closer and closer to Liz being due. And the closer we get to that, the less she's going to want me to leave, but we might be able to fly Trevor out. I think at least get Trevor out to this Vegas, uh, Halloween. He's got to come. He's has he signed up yet? I don't you know if he signed up, sign yet. up. Uh, You need just text him. You can... Well, not right. Oh, he's doing it right now. He's doing it right now. <laughs> Brody's gonna text him. Get him into this thing. What, what, what division do you think he's gonna sign up for? Make him play open. Do you think he's gonna do he's, open? He's, accept, he's accepted cash. He can't go down. Oh snap! Yeah, I almost. What, what I almost. This? It's a, a oh, Halloween tournament Silas in Vegas. Silas is trying to get freaky at Halloween. Silas, you're flying to Vegas. I mean, I mean, if the door's <laughs> open. Hey, we broke the news uh, to Silas. Uh, he he he's going uh, to Charleston. Yeah. Oh, I know. I got. I missed that PowerPoint. You guys did it. I sent it you to you. You guys did an hour. No, I'm saying I missed the actual presentation live. You guys did it like an hour earlier. No, we did it at seven our time. That's what I told you. Yeah, I feel like I got a text way earlier than than it was like. Si- it's probably it was like six that. year time. Oh uh, no, I was still pack. I was still packing. Yeah. Well, it was good. Oh. It was recorded. Yeah, I sent it to him. Oh, nice. Is it going to be on Patreon or anything or no? It's going to be in a vlog on Foundation Nation, like behind okay, the scenes, office style, stool scene style vlog. We're trying to do. Thanks, okay, I'll thanks watch for it. Your, yeah, thanks for your vote. It, it counted. He didn't vote yet. Oh. We, he basically, uh, we, we were already up enough votes that if he voted no, you were there. Ah, uh, okay. He did get I'll a no. I'll watch it. I, yeah, I did get a no. So. Who, who gave you a no, Connor? No. I don't want to spoil that information. <laughs> Silas said Trevor. <laughs> Trevor voted no. Trevor's reason was his pres- he thought Silas's presentation wasn't long enough. Silas did some funny Photoshop moments uh, to put him into like the previous Bogey Bro battles and stuff, and it's pr- it pretty funny. And Trevor thought that just wasn't long enough, but I-, I would have enjoyed that actually. Yeah. All right, Silas. Do, let's get uh, let's get I, another topic. All right. I, while you're looking for something, I'll say I do kind of want to have like almost like a like an internship battle of where we like run in like we run people that want to be an intern for foundation through like a combine <laughs> where they're, they're like they're having to play we like test them on their disc knowledge like a couple of different scenarios like i would love i would love to do that the off season that would be fun. To, like to like find find our future intern that'd be very funny I, I saw where it was. Uh, I've been seeing clips from some of the guys at Barstool where it's intern season there again, and their oh, interviews their interviews are so funny. It's hilarious. Oh man, I want a slice of pizza. And they don't have it. Oh, that place has good pizza. Look at this. This this is you know you know the job, man. I know exactly where you're at. Yeah. You know exactly where I'm at. Yeah. <laughs> there are a lot of confused faces. A lot of confused faces. Heck yeah. Brody, I'm glad you have the courage to do that. <laughs> That's um, so funny. All right, size one, one more, and then I got to catch this flight. And you made me lose my place. Scroll back up, man. You got it. Uh, 
Unless you want me to just start asking people if they know who who Hunter Thomas is. Nope. Don't oh, want that. Oh, here there was one that was saying <laughs> Evelina was uh 90% in circle one putting at the at some European Yeah, one of European tournament. Pro Tour event. So I saw that. Yeah, what are we thinking going into this event for her then? Is she back at the preserve? Yeah, that's what somebody said. Nice. Yeah, uh, they're they're all here. Here's they're the all thing. Here. Since the beginning of the season, we've we've said Evelina is up there with everyone as far as throwing the disc. Yeah. If she can putt, she has just as good a chance as anyone to win. She was putting like this previously at European Pro Tour events. Something about the disc golf pro tour when she was over here, it just disappeared. Like she was never she previously she was been, always been kind of a streaky putter. And so I think that that might just be what we saw is like she had a streak where she was on, but it'll definitely interesting. If her putts on, she can be right up there with she, Tristan and everyone. Wins. Yeah. If her putts on, if especially she, a course like this, it's a thrower's course. It seems I'll like. say, I'll say if she puts, if she puts higher than 70%, she wins. Oh, hot take. Okay. Hotter than 70%, she wins. We're going to lock that in. That's a Brody Smith guarantee. All right. Higher than 70% C1X, she wins. All right, Brody. We'll let you roll out. We'll uh, close out the show here. All right. See you guys. See ya. Thanks for calling him. All right, everyone. Let's wrap up the show here. Appreciate you all calling in. Someone was asking me why I only played two tournaments in the last 18 months. Time. That's it. I I, I work. You, you did the bogey bro battles and stuff. I feel like that almost counts, you know? To a certain extent. I mean, I, I work every day. Got yeah. podcasts at nights and stuff. Yeah. If I did tournaments on the weekends like I did when I was in college and stuff, my wife would, would literally kill me. Like there's, Yeah, and you have a kid on the way. Yeah, August I'll have a kid. I would love to play tournaments. I really enjoy playing tournaments, but it's like give and take here. You know what I mean? You got you to gotta pick, pick and choose your battles. So thanks again, everyone, for tuning in. Uh, we really appreciate it. Hopefully it gave you a little bit of an insight into Brody's mind behind the tweet. Uh, I think the explanation helped me at least understand where he's coming from because when I read the... the smoothie worker and the pilot i was like well, now what why are we throwing that in there makes a lot more sense now and very excited about the preserve be sure to check that out on the disc golf network or post produce should be on jomez uh, gk pro gatekeeper all that good stuff we'll have a preview show for preserve coming from grip locked here on thursday and then the recap show on monday where we'll go with, over all the details and all the storylines of what didn't happen on the course that you're going to need to know about so be sure to tune into that and we'll be right back here same time same place next tuesday we'll see you then check the mic and make sure it sound right boy.